0: and welcome to what we lose in the shadows
1: a father-daughter true crime
0: podcast my name is Jamison keys
1: i'm caroline hello
0: how are you i'm good caroline how are you
1: i am very tired yeah. actually but
0: is this we weather more to your liking
1: no what it's still cold it's 50 that's pretty cold. It's February. <laughs> I know I just I'm waiting for the cold months to to pass. They're great reading weather, great writing weather, great podcast recording weather, but you there know it's not it's not my weather, you
0: it's know podcasting season. I like that. <laughs>
1: Um, did you hear, actually, I do have something I wanted to mention to you. Did you hear about the high school students who helped with a cold case?
0: Yeah, I, I did. I d did, I not know the particulars about it, but I, I saw that briefly and thought, that's awesome.
1: It was. It was really cool. So it was in Tennessee. It was a group of high school students, um, and they were looking at a mid-80s string of murders. So they were trying to see if they were linked or not, like if some of them were linked, And they found that some of them were, some of them weren't. Mm -hmm. So six out of the 12 are potentially connected, which is crazy because they didn't know that before. Like they thought like one or two here, one or two there, you know what I mean? And so they've, they've seen like a potential pattern with six out of the 12. And
0: so are they just like resident geniuses? Were they part of the Scooby-Doo fan club? I mean, how did they, how did they? Well,
1: that's a good question. I mean, I think, there's a lot of I think we overlook a lot of like our young community, but, you know, they have a lot to give and they have a lot of like bright ideas. And also they are literally like raised on the Internet. Mm-hmm. So they probably have seen a lot of like different, especially if they have an interest in like, you know, solving crime or like, you know, just listening to, um, you know, scary situations. Uh, I think they probably may have used like some of the things that they just grew up learning about you know to to help with this case i mean so they potentially linked the six murders to a killer but he did die in prison
0: oh, it's not the worst thing in the world it's not but closure. you
1: know it's tough to to really i mean they will never be able to charge him with it
0: right
1: so they i mean yeah, I think they're still like looking into it, but they gave like that great lead to, um, actual investigators. (laughs) So hopefully they can find more.
0: Was it a teacher that that kind of led this? Did they just do this on their own? A
1: teacher was leading, yeah, um, a group. And then also they invited a former FBI agent to come and teach them, you know, more structured, like how to profile cases and stuff, which is super cool that like, you know, someone donates their time to the school like that to, you know, kind of give them a taste of like a, future possible career.
0: So. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, we need um, really smart forensic investigators and that yeah. sort of thing.
1: And also we need people who are passionate about, you know, fighting for those who don't have a voice.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, no, I, I really, I think that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, it is. It's really cool. And, you know, I think a lot of people may may see it as like morbid for for high schoolers. And so that's sure. something tough to kind of to grapple with. But... You know, I think the right group, they kind of are interested in that anyways. And, you know, as long as they're, I would say probably like 15 up,
0: Right. you know. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, as younger, long as the parents are groovy with the whole thing about. Groovy? Know, gro-
1: Jesus. As,
0: as, <laughs> so as, old. As long as the parents are, you know, okay with them, you know, delving into obviously mature topics. I mean, that's... Um, that's yeah, great.
1: I think um, I know a lot of women are interested in true crime. So some of them probably share that interest, like with with their moms or with their older sisters or something, you know. But then there's you who likes true crime. Too. Well, right. <laughs> so there's a few men out there.
0: <laughs> right. But but I do remember we did a case not long ago. It was a murder case. And um, the they spoke to this group of folks that were in the criminal justice Mm -hmm. Um, department at a local university and they they actually did some really solid work and investigation and helped the police solve that case as well.
1: I mean, that makes sense too, because they're like in that field already, but the sure. high schoolers really threw me
0: off because yeah, I'm that's like, amazing. wow,
1: you guys aren't studying this. You know what I mean? Because, you know, young professionals, people who are like looking for internships that have like base level skills of things like, yeah, that makes sense, you know, um, that they would be able to do that. But high schoolers it's just it was shocking when I read it. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's so impressive. But Very impressive. that's great that they did that.
0: Yeah. Kudos to you guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Trigger warnings for today are kidnapping. Kidnapping. Pedophilia and sexual assault.
0: Carolina, I remember when uh, you were a teenager, right? You occasionally had arguments with your mother.
1: Uh, I don't remember that. I was a perfect angel teenager.
0: <laughs> right. And, and even on very, very rare occasions with your saintly father.
1: I also don't remember those. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, of course. Everyone argues with their parents, especially trying to form an identity as a young, you know, about to be an adult.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it it happens all the time. And it's a natural process of, you know, growing up as Mm -hmm. children try and their parents try to figure out and negotiate boundaries and that sort of thing. Mm hmm. I remember also that a couple of times you even, you know, were saying that you were going to run away.
1: I remember trying once when I was like six <laughs> and literally it was you or mom standing outside the door and I just kept walking around the corner and I think it was you who came running after and was like, get back here.
0: <laughs> and fortunately, the farthest you ever normally got to was Rose's house. So.
1: Oh yeah. That's so funny. As yes. That was before that though, when I was six, it was at a different location.
0: Absolutely. But uh, but sometimes, though, you know, children you know, do choose to run away for real. And there are a lot of different sources in terms of the number of runaways in the United States. And they range somewhere between five hundred thousand. Wow. To two million. Depending wow. on what site you, you checked year? and so on. Uh, a year. Yes. Wow. Um, and there are a lot of reasons. Right. So <clears throat> definitely there's physical and sexual abuse. Of
1: course. Yeah. That's that's a big one.
0: Family conflict. A lack of acceptance for gender identity and sexual orientation mm-hmm. uh, struggles with mental health, substance abuse. Uh, and then there are some really dangerous things like online enticement. Yes, gang activity,
1: mm-hmm.
0: child sex trafficking which we've you know talked about before and of course you know uh, social rejection and bullying. Uh, some of the, some of the common stats uh, of, of those who run 66% are female, 24% are male, 5% are uh, non-gender conforming, mm-hmm. and 5% are transgender. We're going to look at a couple cases today that are similar and sound similar in, in the way that they kind of came about in the recent cases, um, but uh, you know, they, they have some real eerie similarities and some definite differences. So not so long ago in Texas, right outside of San Antonio, a 13-year-old girl was walking to a bus stop uh, in San Antonio. She just had an argument with her mom and decided what she was going to do was run away. Now, her goal was to go to Australia to live where she had a friend. And, you know, as she was walking around. From Texas? From Texas. Okay. Okay. I didn't say it was a realistic plan.
1: But, you know, that's okay. Children, it happens.
0: But uh, as she was walking, she was pulled over by this guy in a car. Oh, no. And he held up a gun and told her if she didn't get in that he was going to hurt her.
1: That's horrible. Now, that
0: happened in broad daylight. And when was this? This was uh, about six months ago. Oh, my gosh. Uh, He allegedly asked uh, the girl how old she was, and she told him, and, and she told him she was, you know, 13. And at one point, she mentioned that she was trying to get to a friend in Australia. The man apparently told her that he would take her on a cruise there. Of course, he was lying. In the days and weeks that followed, he drove her almost 1,300 miles away from Texas to California. And unfortunately, he raped her several times on the drive out. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: On July 9th uh, in Long Beach, California, that's just south of Los Angeles, they were at a laundromat. The guy had gone into the laundromat to tell and told her to stay put in the car, that he was watching her to scrunch down and that sort of thing. And he chose the first washing machine right beside the door, so he kept looking at her. Mm -hmm. Now, the young lady um, basically was sitting there, and he was watching her very closely. And a, a nice woman who had just gotten her clothes out of the laundromat walked past the car. And the little girl held up a sign that she had made in red letters that said, Help me. Wow. The lady was like, wow, what did I just see? And the little girl, you know, kind of shot her a look like, please don't go. Mm -hmm. And she went to her boyfriend and said, I think that little girl needs help. Yeah. And the guy got out of the car and and she mouthed the words, help me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they went into the laundromat and they told the, the manager there and the, and the manager called the police.
1: Wow. That's great. That's really brave. I feel like a lot of times people just walk away being like, I must have seen it wrong or I don't want to get involved. But that's amazing that they actually stepped in.
0: Right. So so on July 9th in Long Beach, um, the police officers were called and they jumped into action, and they closed off the entrance just as the guy was walking back up to the car. Wow. And they were able to, you know, to save the little girl. Now, uh, through the investigation, the officers learned that the Good Samaritans were in the parking lot, and they saw the victim in the parked car and held up that piece of paper with help me written on it. And, of course, they called 911.
1: You know what's crazy? It must be... It must have been so terrifying for her to, like, know... She like got someone's attention, and to be waiting to see if they did anything, because she didn't know. Absolutely not. Like how long must have that take? Like have taken like ten minutes, fifteen? Like that's so scary. And I wonder, like, if she had tried that before and someone else just walked away. Right. It's so scary.
0: Right. Because and they, they found out later that uh, the guy did have a gun in the car, but it was actually like a BB gun or a pellet gun. Mm-hmm. It, but it looked very realistic, looked very much like a gun.
1: Yeah. Also, so, like, if you don't know what, a like, you know, a lot of teens, especially, or even I, like, I don't know what a gun actually looks like up close. And right. even if it did look very similar, I probably, even if it didn't look very similar, I'd probably be like... That looks like a gun. You know what I mean? It's better safe than sorry. Like well, it's scary.
0: And in addition, he had in the car with him. He also had a switchblade. He also had handcuffs. So uh, detectives detective determined that the little girl was sexually assaulted uh, while she was being brought to California. They found the firearm in the in the in the car, and they found the switchblade and and the handcuffs. Uh, the 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 guy was a sixty one year old. His last name was Soblin and right now he's being f- held in the federal uh metropolitan detention center in downtown LA. It was not immediately known if he had an attorney yet. At. Uh the girl was placed in protective custody in Los Angeles until her family um could get out there. And the FBI has taken over the case because
1: he crossed state lines. He crossed
0: state lines yeah. and crossed state lines with the thought of committing sexual acts with a teenager.
1: Yeah, but you—if you commit any crime, I think over state lines like that, like kidnapping, abduction, they can. anything, they can. yeah, that's awesome but that this, they stepped in. I mean,
0: yeah, but this was especially heinous. Yeah, now, it the, is, of course. Her, her her name has been you know withheld.
1: Yeah, of course, because she's a minor.
0: Because she's a minor.
1: That's good. I hope she's healing. I hope her and her family are you know together healing. That's I'm so happy that she you know left that and was able to you know get out. Yeah, because Safely. I mean,
0: well, and, and I'm super happy for the, the Samaritans there because, you know, they were people there at the laundromat doing their clothes too, right? Yeah. You know, and they weren't so preoccupied with what they were doing that they didn't take notice of this poor little girl.
1: Absolutely. And
0: because they decided to jump in there. Now, I'm not saying it's safe to do that every time.
1: Or ever. Or it's ever. not. There's There's inherently a level of risk with that. Right. And they decided that, you know... They wanted to be good Samaritans and help out, you know, another child. I I mean, they they probably didn't know if she was a child or not, but, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that they did that.
0: Right. It's crazy. So, so, so that's that's one, one of the cases. The second case, um, a 14 year old, and this just happened really recently. Oh my god, a 14 year old uh, she disappeared and was last seen on January 6th in Mount Vernon, Washington area. Mm-hmm. The Mount Vernon police uh, believe that she voluntarily left her house using a rideshare service,
1: Washington State,
0: Washington State. Okay, mm-hmm. and investigators said uh, she was missing. The 14 year old girl was found in South Haven, Michigan. In the home of a registered sex offender.
1: Oh, my God. That's a long way.
0: Right. And so the, the police were able to kind of piece this together. The family got in there. They really got active. They started putting signs up and so on. And someone had said that they had seen the girl talking to, um, you know, an older person Ugh. online. What? And, and that, oh that she, they saw her getting into, a, uh, you know, like, a, like an Uber style car. But because it's a smaller area there weren't that many ride-sharing services. Mm-hmm. So they were able to track it down and kind of piece it together. So
1: he was in an Uber, like a ride
0: share. He was he, <gasps> he was in a, he was in an Uber and picked her up. Oh my god. <clears throat> and then drove her across the country 2000 miles this time uh to Michigan.
1: So he parked his car somewhere else, got an Uber over there and then
0: it's not clear if he either did that or called a, an Uber for her. She got in an the Uber and came to him. Okay, okay. So we don't know which way that happened, but they ended up in South Haven, Michigan. That's insane. More than two thousand miles away.
1: That is crazy.
0: Now the guy on the other end, his name—he's thirty-year-old Keith Freer, Freer. It's Freerkinson, I believe, is the way it's actually pronounced. Is he
1: the pedophile.
0: He's the pedophile. Okay. He's thirty years old, and uh, Freerkinson. Thirty. Yeah, he was previously convicted. Uh, on the possession of child pornography oh, out of Florida uh, back in 2017.
1: That's horrible.
0: Uh, he's now in custody and facing similar really serious charges, um, You know, some, such as kidnapping and, uh, and that sort of thing. And even though she came of her own free will, can't do that. With you can't <clears throat> do that with
1: a child, and also you can't contain someone.
0: Right, right. So, the suspect is now facing charges in Michigan, including uh, criminal sexual conduct, first-degree sex offender, uh, failure to comply uh, with registration with the Registration Act, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, with children contributing to d- the delinquency of a minor. Wow. That is intense. And because these alleged crimes span many states once again, they're working with the FBI.
1: Yeah, no. The FBI... Is definitely a very useful tool to, you know, local police with these um, cases. So I'm glad that the FBI is jumping in on both of those because ugh. but I'm glad that they found both girls. Right. That's crazy.
0: There have been a couple of other cases recently where things didn't end up so well, and yeah. they found the bodies of fifteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old. I would say most, yeah. most
1: don't end up like that. So, uh, well,
0: you know, my that's question intense. is: the first guy, right? Yeah. So he drives her. He's from Texas. She's from Texas, right? And he drives her to California. He's
1: just driving then to a why? big city. He was probably going to kill her. Probably. Yeah, I mean, dump her in it's the a ocean lot and... to keep someone for a long time. I think typically that's why you know these pedophiles do kill the people that they assault yeah cuz they awful. just don't want to deal with them anymore they don't want to risk like getting in trouble and letting them go so they just kill them isn't that crazy it's insane <laughs>
0: Yeah, the girl's mother, who was a mom of three, told the, local, uh, the, the the second girl, the okay. 14-year-old. Uh, she's a mother of three, and she told a local news station uh, in, out in Washington State that she believed that her 14-year-old daughter was speaking with someone over social media. Wow. And a couple of kids, her brothers and sisters, uh, saw her speaking to an adult on the computer screen.
1: Oh, so scary.
0: So um, she said that her daughter reportedly met the guy on a social media platform called Omegle.
1: Were yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was popular back in the day when I was growing up. Really? It's like a video chat or just text chat site where you, it's like a chat room.
0: Oh, it's a chat room. It's okay. chat
1: room. Yeah. Video or just text, like just back and forth chats.
0: Right, scary. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Because anyone, I, I guess, one of the children said that they heard her say the name Keith. Oh, so they on. started with that and started oh, with the Wow. Ch- yeah, that's
1: a good memory.
0: Right. So um, Wow,
1: and that was his name, Keith. Oh, <gasps> yeah. oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh, I, I don't know much about this chat site, but I guess it's very random. You can talk with it's random literally people. random.
1: Yeah, they match you with the random people all over the world.
0: Wow, that's terrifying. It
1: is really terrifying. And it was really popular to use, like back in the day,
0: right? Well, and, and, it's insane, and, right? I had no idea you even knew about a site like.
1: That. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they were really popular. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that insane? Like, what the hell?
0: Well, and I guess you don't have to register for. Nope.
1: It. Do you just go on it and chat with random
0: people? Well, so in, in, in that sense, it's tailor made for pedophiles.
1: No, it's not. I think it's made for people to, you know, get to know other people all over the world and like learn from each other. But I don't think it's actually made for pedophiles. Well,
0: it, maybe not made for, no. but I mean, it's used very much by of course. pedophiles. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, in November of last year, it had been sued by so many people wow. that had. Had that exact thing happen that they they shut down operations and went under? Yeah, business.
1: they should have done that a long time ago because there have been a lot of crimes that have come from Omegle. It's insane. There was another one just like that though. It was Omegle and something else that I forgot. There was one just like it.
0: Well, you remember the you remember the case of of the young girl that was talking with someone. She was going to meet this young guy that she thought was, and this was very early. And this was like in the. This 90s. was the
1: first one. Yeah. 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 We did we did cover that, and this was the first of its kind. And they found her.
0: Right. Right. Um, but 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 yeah. So that's that's just so terrible when your home circumstances kind of make you think I want to leave here, mm-hmm. and uh, understandably so in some. In Absolutely certain times, right. Yeah, um,
1: but also, you know, some some people do just, you know, want to run away to spite their parents.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Literally, <laughs> it happens. I mean, you know, but then there are definitely like cases where I understand their desire to leave, like in an abusive household. Right. You know, it's not healthy. No one wants to be there.
0: Well, and, and that's where an organization like the the National Center for uh, Missing and Exploited Children come in, right? Because they have outreach programs, you know, mm-hmm. they have the ability to help a child that's in, in peril, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're still in the home or whether they're actually on the run. Because so many kids that run away, they have this great plan and they're going to go and be with their friends. They're going to do this. They're going to see the country and so on. But it doesn't turn out that way because that requires planning and money and all kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of those kids that do run away for those circumstances even end up on the street
1: Yep. It's horrible. It's so sad. It's yeah. And, but, you know, organizations like that, there are other organizations who, um, focus on like, you know, teen and child homelessness and, Mm -hmm. you know, helping out in cases of, um, abuse in the child, in the, um, home. Right. Which is really great.
0: If you or someone, you know, is, is in that sort of a scenario, I would highly recommend the, the national center for missing and exploited children. They're available 24 and 7, many different languages. Um, The telephone number is 1-800-843-5678. That's the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, 1-800-843-5678.
1: Follow the show on whatever streaming site you're listening on.
0: And remember, all of the source material will be available in the show notes.
1: And follow us on Instagram at What We Lose in the Shadows. And let us know if you want to hear a specific case.
0: Or if you just want to give us some feedback.
1: Okay, join us in the shadows next Tuesday. Bye.